How y'all doing? It's one of those days. Um, I want to first by say this nigga got all his computer shit up and he want to do sound effects now. Okay, I got you. Um, so I, so today I want to first by step start by saying have a uh, I say have a. A happy birthday to one of my favorite aunts, uh, my aunt Val, um, my other aunt Val, my father's sister Val, because uh, I have two aunt Vals. Uh, and uh, today is her 59th birthday, so I want to give her a big shout out. She has been very influential in my life in terms of me being an entrepreneur. Um, she was the first person I knew who owned their own business. Um, she had a corner store down in Westport. Uh, I'm going to say a grocery store, not going to say a corner store, because it was it was real bougie uh, in Westport. Well, I guess on the border, Westport and Cherry Hill. Uh, and she was really, she was a go-getter. She's always been a go-getter. She's taking care of everybody's children. She's been a, a surrogate parent to all her, her siblings' children <laughs> uh, and beyond beyond that. So I just want to say a happy birthday. to. So I'm after this show, I'm going to rush down to Westport and uh, talk to her. And then later tonight, I'll be having a live interview with Mr. Darren. Uh, he's a, a singer, performer, songwriter, um, and I'll be doing a live interview with him on Instagram. So uh, go to my YouTube page or Instagram or Facebook and you'll be able to see the flyer. Uh, for tonight's show, because he's doing, he's starting with on Facebook, and then he's going to release his uh, music video, his new song, and then we'll start our interview at 8.45, but go take part in all of it. It's going to be a lovely time. Um, in today's show, we have a special guest. I think it ain't special no more. Here, this is Noah. Uh, <laughs> Noah is here. Uh, Mr. Noah Silas, brother Noah. He is uh, directing a play that actually opens tonight at Motor House here in Baltimore. You, If you're not in Baltimore, you can also get the show virtually. He's going to give all that information when he gets on. Um, I did an a interview that's going to be coming off this weekend uh, with the cast, a phenomenal cast, some really smart cast members. I love smart cast members that do the work that um, get along, um, and he is pushing forward throughout this plant pandemic and bringing us a form of art uh, that has been on, on dormant, it has been dormant for the last year, um, and it's a small house that, that he'll be having in person uh, for the next three weeks, so get your tickets and go live, or you can watch it virtually from your home um, as many times as you want to pay for it. Um, so, before I bring him on, just a caution to everybody out there. I had a really bad experience with a gentleman off of Fiverr. Um, I've used Fiverr for years now. Um, uh, we use it on Be Exposed, a number of other uh, stations I'm, I'm friends with and other artists and other entrepreneurs use Fiverr. This has been the first experience that I had like this, but I had someone steal my identity uh, in terms of taking over account that they were doing work on. And it's been a, ter a terrible 
uh, experience. So be mindful. Um, if anybody it's happened to anybody and they need to know how to get things back in order, I was I was blessed to have a, a security, an internet security tech on my side uh, as a friend who was has helped me through this. But even having him and knowing what to do, uh, it took me a couple of days. It's taken me a couple of days to get myself up and running since Tuesday. Uh, but if you had this problem, hit me up and I'll give you his information. And he is willing to support you and help people get get their stuff back, even if you lost your you know, YouTube or something like that. He will help you get it back. Uh, but this has been a horrible experience. Please change your passwords regularly. Be mindful because I did not know it happened until a day later. Uh, so be very mindful. Check your passwords. I know there are a lot of people who use the same password for everything. Please do not do that. That wasn't my thing, but that was one of the things he told me to say to get everybody. Change your password. If you are a business, change your password at least every 30 days. I know they say every three months or so, but do it every 30 days. You're doing a lot of transactions. You're doing a lot of communications on social media, on websites. So you are more uh, open, actually, to getting your stuff stolen um, and people are noticing you. So they're going to try to attack your page first, uh, beyond somebody who's not as active on social media. They're going to get them too, uh, but log off of your computers, log off of your apps when you're not using them. I know that's a hassle, but it's another step in keeping your information and your security secure. Um, don't sleep on uh, the, like the Norton virus and all those virus protection things. People have gotten really greedy and really desperate throughout this pandemic, and they're doing everything they can to get your information. So that's just from me to you. And somebody who's very mindful, I got notifications and somebody breathed on my <laughs> while turning on to my site. So, but it still can happen to you. So just a cautionary tale. Fiverr is a great tool. I don't, I'm not going to speak bad on Fiverr. Uh, because they've been very helpful throughout this process, too. But uh, be mindful. Read all the comments. Go down. Read the bad comments as well as the good ones. Because people can buy comments now. So, uh, yeah. So, without further ado, I'm going to welcome Mr. Noah Silas on. How you doing, Noah? I'm, uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Nate, for having me. Um, and again, I'm sorry that you had to experience that, too. And that was some great advice because I just started a business a couple months ago myself. So I need to change my passwords and like it off this interview. Um, we have yeah, a so habit of like leaving our laptops open for all day long when we're not using them. Log off. That yeah. They can get through your computer when you have it open too long. So be mindful and secure yourself. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh no! Well, no, no, no. That was that was it. Uh, uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, and uh, you know, I yeah, I, I shouldn't be a special guest now. We we know each other, and, and the city knows knows us. So I'm just plain old Noah now. I mean, he used to be a he used to be a co-host, and then he started playing with other people. He didn't want to play with me no more. But it's cool. It's you know, it's cool. It's cool. I think Blue ran him away. Blue, I think mm -hmm. it was Blue. If you're watching Blue, I think you ran him away. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> he was nervous. So how's it going? Tell us a little bit about the play. First of all, tell people where they can watch it virtually, how they can watch it virtually, or how they can get tickets to come see it in person. 
Absolutely. Um, so the play is called Serious Adverse Effects by Derek McFadder, who is a phenomenal young Black playwright from Chicago. Um, it is being produced by Rapid Lemon Productions. So you can go to rapidlemonproductions.com and, you know, um, it'll give you a hyperlink to the brown paper ticket. Um, and from that link, you can either choose to buy a link to the streaming or, uh, you know, buy a ticket to the in-person. And mm -hmm. if you don't want to use that specific website, just look up uh, Rapid Lemon Productions on Facebook and you will be able to see serious adverse effects in their event column. Um, the city is currently at 50% capacity, but uh, just to make sure, uh, to ensure the comfortability of our audience, we are keeping it at 20%. So it's about like maybe, I think we have 20 chairs spread out around the theater um, only. Um, everybody's going to have to get a, uh, you know, get a temperature check before you come in and, you know, just look, look healthy and, and, and such. Masks are required um, for the audience and the cast uh, throughout the entire show. And unfortunately, due uh, to, to safety regulations, the bar at um, Motor House will be closed. So that means you're going to have to pre-pregame before you come. So. <laughs> I don't think you should tell people to get drunk before they come. I mean, get, I mean, look, look, naturally, when you go to a theater show, you'd be probably taking someone out to dinner anyway, having a few cocktails there. So it's the, what's, what's the difference? What's the difference? Mm, okay. <laughs> Live a little. Oh, yeah. Uh, please don't get drunk before you go here because we want you to get there safely. Now, what you do after is totally. Or if you're home, go go ham. But please don't drive to this show. Tips. Right. Drink responsibly. Drink, drink responsibly. Yeah. After the show. Uh, you know, adults are, are adults, right? You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, okay. I I I hear you, but I'm gonna just tell people be safe. Uh, but uh, I came last week and I interviewed the cast. Um, and one of my favorite uh, Baltimoreans, Miss uh, Lewis, is on the cast, uh, and she is uh, actually the the. Well, I wouldn't say because all of them have a very pivotal part. It's four actors, uh, three women and one gentleman. Uh, who owns who owns my platform, my lap dance, I think, because he was supposed to do a lap dance or something. But that was uh, that was something before. Uh, that's for my guests. That's for my only fans. Uh, but uh, very intelligent. Very, I love talking to actors who really are serious about what they do. And this cast had really delved deep. I don't ask normal questions, uh, but the questions I asked, they were very open to answering them. So the interview will be coming out shortly. Uh, but I love I love the dynamic of the group. I love how comfortable they were with each other. Um, it's definitely a socially distanced uh, production. Are they wearing their masks during the show as well? Absolutely, yes. Okay. So uh, my uh, costume designer, uh, Dina Brill, she, um, hey, you know, Dana. hey, she, um, you know, found these, I guess it's not like athletic masks, but it's like those like really fancy masks that are clear at the bottom, but still, you know, follow mm -hmm. the guidelines of, uh, of covering your uh, breath. So uh, you can, you know, the actors will be masked, but you can still see their facial expressions. 
and you are required to wear your mask as well in attendance. Uh, Absolutely. We want you to wear them to you at home as well, just, just to be safe, because we don't know how things are transmitted. Uh, but tell me what went into selecting this piece um, uh, and why, why did you all choose this piece right now? Um, well, Max Gardner, who is the executive producer of Rapid Lemon Productions, uh, last summer, 2020, he, um, he approached me with the show series at Adverse Effects. And surprisingly, it is, uh, the, the plot of the show, um, kind of matches what we're dealing with, uh, in, in the world today. It's a mysterious syndrome that has plagued the West and the syndrome affects the respiratory system, uh, uh, the, the respiratory system. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's 10 years after the, syn- the syndrome hit and it kind of touches on, you know, black and brown bodies being the, being the front face of, you know, F- FDA experiments and them trying to, you know, study for vaccines and hey, drugs no, to help deal with it. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So mm-hmm. it um you know it 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 touches on that it touches on essentially you know stepping away from modern Western medicine and moving back to a more spiritual holistic sense of healing since the Western world is more um more focused on uh you know medicines that you have to take over and over again versus finding an actual cure um so you know he when when he approached me with with this I said wow I think you know we were what, like four months into the pandemic, it was still very uh, scary, still uh, uncertain, a lot of, um, you know, just just a lot of tension within our society. So I thought that this would be a most uh, very valuable play just to try to bring a sense of hope in these un- uncertain times, especially mm. since, you know, even now, a year later, you know, things are easing up, but there is still a sense of anxiety and unsurety within our, within our world. So... Yeah. You know, folks are staying home. Folks are distancing them themselves still, but just trying to maintain that hope, maintain that sanity, and and heal your your yourself, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally through through these times. So it's a it's a very important point. Yeah, and it you know even though that's the backdrop, and we're going to definitely connect that as we were talking uh, on the interview, uh, how significant this is to a city like Baltimore with John Hopkins on the east and uh, University of Maryland on the west and being infamous for doing uh, experiments and research on Black people. Uh, and it's really been um, a part of our history. And so doing this piece, like the Henrietta Lack story movie that came out with Oprah Winfrey a couple years ago, this is really touching on a lot of that um, complacency that both the healthcare industry have and that we as Black people have when we become a part of those things, which trickles down to other organizations, nonprofits, art organizations, so on and so forth, when we are Again, that word complacency came up uh, thanks to Ms. Lewis, and she uh, so eloquently described it, and it connected to what I read when I read the script and being able to see that in it um, and connecting that to us having to stand up for ourselves and really choose uh, not just our jobs and our livelihoods and our success over you know, destroying our own people, 
you know, we expect for other people to do it, but it's not always, um, it's sad to say now, we expect for our, us, us to do it to ourselves as well. Um, Absolutely. And just to and just to add on um, <laughs> another note with it just was happening in our society today as black and brown bodies. Um, the history of this country using us as guinea pigs is a very strong foundation as as to as to the distrust for the mm-hmm. black community of getting the vaccines now. Right. Um, so right. so that's right. that's some I mean, you know, we we have to keep ourselves safe and we have to research and we have to move forward as a people. But I think that's something for the federal and the local government and the healthcare system to really think about, like what what campaigns and what strategies can be used to try to rebuild trust with these minority groups. So in case the COVID uh, strain gets worse, if, if there's mutations, if, if we are headed into a darker tunnel, mm-hmm. how can we bring all Americans on? on and I on and board? I get what you're saying, but I don't want to. I don't want to campaign. I don't want a marketing strategy. I think um, the healthcare system, with the help of pharmaceutical companies, they are already marketing to us and selling us these drugs. Look at the commercials, selling us these drugs. And now Pfizer is the cool vaccine. They're selling it now as a cool vaccine. You know, so young people will want to get it as if we're dummies. And we act as sheep often. And we are now in a classist system when it comes to the vaccine. You know, people who get the vaccine now, everybody's showing their vaccination cards on their social media. We're helping to promote these pharmaceutical companies. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just saying for this particular situation, it sounds like a Henrietta Lacks story. It sounds like a Tuskegee Airmen story. It sounds like those those stories that we've heard, you know, with the Native Americans, with with Mexicans, with Hispanic people across the board, when, when we've been used as guinea pigs, live guinea pigs, and they're not marketing this as a trial as it is, because all of this stuff is new information that they're gathering. They don't even know the results of the new information that they're getting. So and just to go go off of what you said about Pfizer being the cool one, I mean, even our mayor, you know, Mayor Scott making his Instagram post about, you know, folks are taking the Pfizer blue, blue pill, which is the Viagra. If you're taking that, then why not take, take the Vax? So, you know, it's- right. And they're, they're using political figures. They're using celebrities now, or, you know, social media individuals, influences to push a narrative that is very unsafe for a lot of people in this community. And yeah. I think this is where we keep, we keep, redoing what Jim Crow is. We keep doing that and finding a new way to have a new Jim Crow or a new separated community. We're finding new ways to do that. Now we're doing that with vaccines yet again. So it's it's very scary. So interviewing you all and and, and talking about this piece, it really is going to bring up a lot of conversation. So I hope a lot of people do get to see it. And I'm glad that it, it is a virtual outlet for it as well, but it's it, it it it's something that needs to be talked about because this is something we're current. It's not like we're we're talking about the Henrietta Lacks. None of us was born at that time, so we don't we're distant from it. Um, but we're living in this right now, and many of us are having to choose whether or not I'm a 
lose money or possibly lose my job or, you know, have to homeschool my children or whatever the situation may be, um, opposed to getting the vaccine or trying to stay safe. And now they're brainwashing people to believe people who don't want to get the vaccine are the cause of this or the problem. And that's, we didn't create this because I haven't gotten mine yet and I don't plan on getting mine yet until I get more information. Absolutely. I mean, I think just uh, black, black or brown bodies, other mi- minorities in this country and the majorities in this country, the politicians, just as in, not even politicians, us as citizens, as countrymen and women, we really need to overcome the propaganda machine and yeah. start and start believing and understanding with, you know, just in ourselves, just in our mm-hmm. own ability and our own ability to um, perceive and understand information. You know? yeah. I was just uh, talking with uh, my, a couple of friends the other day, and they admitted to me that they really don't use search engines for articles any, anymore. They only get the articles that, you know, the algorithms on Facebook and Twitter give them. Mm-hmm. Versus, yeah. you know, going on the search engine and typing in an and, and issue and getting multiple uh, perspectives on what the issue is. You know, we don't we don't really critically think any, any anymore. We follow the crowd. We're repetitious thinkers and workers. And it's, and I've had several conversations over the last year with individuals uh, who get their news that way, and then they begin to say, you know what, that makes sense. Anything that makes sense if you keep hearing it. That's a that's a marketing tool. If you see something, the same thing in seven to nine places, you're gonna believe it by the time you get to the third source. Like it's gonna be in you, like, hmm, the thought, and by the time you get to that ninth and tenth source, you you you're pushing the narrative at that point. Yep. So that's just a mark. That's why I have a problem with us believing what is being put out there. So now and once I start seeing the cool drug, like the Pfizer is the cool drug, and I forgot the other one. And Johnson and Johnson is the bum of the group. There, that's the bum. You don't want that one. You got to get Pfizer. That's what cool people get. No, that's what they have available. You know, and it, it's just scary. And even when we were talking earlier, I was, you know, earlier the last time you were on, like I was really getting on you and many people for, you know, not figuring out how to do this safely and not to say you wasn't but that was my number one agenda like we have to do this safely you know they're talking about opening up broadway soon to full capacity you know caitlin jenner has said if she wins california she's opening up immediately like it we have chosen profit over human lives. And that's sad to me. It's not surprising, has, but it's sad. That has been the American ideology since, what, the roaring 20s, with the, the, the booming 20s? I mean, uh, profit has always been... It was doses of it, or it was in ways that did not necessarily affect the majority. Not to say that that was better, but this is, this is a global pandemic. This is something that has reached every corner and crevice of this world. Not just the United States, not just Maryland or not just Baltimore, but the world. We are seeing devastation over in India. India's numbers has began to multiply and catching up and will probably even 
Maryland, we boasted that our numbers have subsided, but we just dropped down to number 24 uh, in the United States. You know, and beating uh, states that have been high on the list. You know, but I, I don't, I'm not spreading fear. It's just we have to demand that our powers that be are honest and transparent with us. And it's not going to make a difference. People are still going to choose to get vaccinated and they choose not, but force them to tell us the truth mm. and not keep hiding things from it. And I think this play is a good example of how to, uh, it will ignite the conversation. It's going to stir things up a little bit, but it's definitely going to ignite the conversation. I mean, you know, but even even uh, with the plot of the show, stirring the conversation, I, I think the ultimate idea that folks would get from this show is, you know, the power and healing is in you. But, I mean, because, I mean, just as far as you, if you remember last year, just in our community in Baltimore, all of a sudden, everybody was so aware of CMOS. And you couldn't get CMOS any goddamn where in this city. And what like was, the, it was uh, something before CMOS. Wasn't it something before CMOS? All, all the little minerals and health things. Yeah, it was something Sebi even before CMOS. And now it's, and it's all information that has been out there. But it is so powerful that this stuff can spread that fast and be that infectious marketing-wise. Why can't the protest be that effective? Why can't, especially in today's topic is all surrounding on, <clears throat> and this is not to push any other race out there. And it's, it's really for us as black people to learn how to work together. After we're seeing that the Asians were able to get bills passed like that with no hesitation, and we're still waiting on an anti-lynching bill. We're still well, waiting you know you got to admit, you have to admit, because you said earlier that this country is um, has put profits over lives. And as far as the Asian community, they are very, very big, a big tax bracket for this country because they have businesses on every corner in our neighborhood. So you you, you got to kind of protect them, right? Yeah, yeah. But who is supplying their businesses? Who is filling, filling the money in those businesses? Why aren't yeah. the the citizens who are keeping those businesses and keeping them able to donate as much money as they donate to the, the brother societies and the racist communities. Why can't, why aren't we being looked at? Uh, Monty, what is flex? What is that? Hey, Tracy, Tracy says, Hey family, ain't saying nothing but about drunk. Oh, she about to drink. She probably going to be watching it at home, getting a little tipsy. <laughs> oh, flaxseed. Yeah. Flaxseed. Flax seeds, it was everything had to be sprinkled mm. with flax seeds. And then it was sea moss. And next week it's going to be dandelions. You got to eat fried dandelions. Like it's, not it's, fried. And I'm not, and I'm not saying anything about all these. The flax seeds is, is really good with digestion and helping you to bring down your blood pressure and such. These things are very vital to us. But at the same time, you know, it, it's, interesting how we get on things. The avocado. Now, ice cream got avocado in it. Your lotion got avocado. Like, it, it just takes one thing to make something commercial. I just want all of the issues that are happening. Not just when a George Floyd happens. I want every single time 
somebody is done wrong, it spreads like wildfire like this within our community. And we have a lot of organizations now and a lot of individuals. You know, I do my part in the educational arts world. Uh, Brother Noah's out there, you know, always at the protests, uh, doing your business and, and handling it on that end as well. But I just want us to be unified so we can get results like Asians can. We punch an Asian lady in the face and changes happen. You know, it's the uh, it's the hundred year anniversary of the burning of Black Wall, Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think it is a. Uh, I, I was at the uh, the poetry party at the garage at the Wednesday. Um, the lioness is taking charge of that, but it was a brother who um, made a poem about the hundred year anniversary. And one part that stuck out to me was he was saying like, you know, I'm I'm noticing a lot of black entrepreneurship, especially within this pandemic. And he literally yeah. said, it's the, it's the, it's, it's our ancestors. It's the poltergeist of those spirits of black wall, wall street, getting in our loins, yeah. pushing us to get back. And he was in, in the poem, he was making very good points like wonder bread and Heineken and Guinness, all of those, um, all of these staple too big to fail companies came out the same year all of our black business was coming out so he was saying had black had the burning of black wall street not happened we would be big foundational staples in the company as far as business in this in this company in this country right right and that's and that's that's such a truth for us to be for us to acknowledge and we we have to push it any further i know that there's been a lot of governmental support with PP loans, a PUA, pandemic unemployment insurance, so on and so forth. But if our government had invested in our black and brown communities uh, like this, which they had the money to be able to do, we would not be at this point right now. A lot more of us would be here already. You know, I, I live in the Charles Village area. It's turning into its own Black Wall Street. We have the Black Arts District about to pop up along the Pennsylvania Avenue corridor. And I guess the branch is out of that. Mm-hmm. But it, it does say a lot about what our government, what our community, what we can do for ourselves to get us up. You know, if you come along that 24, 25th Street corridor, you see new clothing stores, new hair supply stores, new beauty shops, new food restaurants, all from Howard Street all the way down to St. Paul Street. Like, it's just a whole line of succession of new businesses up and down Charles Street, the Merlin, the Merlin Avenue corridor, uh, St. Paul Street. It's, it's Black businesses sprouting up beyond hair stores or beauty shops. And in if we would have invested that money or if the government would have taken an initiative to help the black community to advance uh, and pour resources into us versus pouring resources into the main streets, the popular non-black communities, we would be Absolutely. here soon. You know, and it's, I know all of this, you know, it sounds like we're going all over the place, but all of this has a lot to do with each other. We are not guinea pigs. You cannot keep testing your theories and your your hypotheses and your, you know, medical research out on black people. You know, even when they were thinking about the the vaccine, they wanted to go to Africa to test it out. Because we have this unique strand of DNA that well, makes us 
stronger when it comes to it's proven it's proven it's proven uh for uh like a good 90 percent of western medicine if you if you don't get clinical trial trial for black women specifically it's it's hard for it to get approved it's we are i mean not to be on i mean i mean fuck it i will be on some strong neo soul ultra blackness i mean we have as you said our dna is unique and it's been shown over decades, decades, centuries that they use us for guinea pigs because and we had a lack. This DNA cells are still being used. It's still being used today. Black women, black women, black women. Which is, I mean, the foundation. Black women are the are the foundations for Western medicine. Black women are the foundations for culture. Black. I mean, it's it's a lot on their shoulders. So you know, just to tie it back to the play, uh, just having strong black women leads and just mm -hmm. black women taking their voice and taking their control and understand and capitalizing on the powers that they have in this world i mean it's 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 time and it goes beyond and if i if i can borrow a quote and kind of switch it up a bit uh from one of our ex-presidents uh john f kennedy it when it comes to our black culture and society it's not so much anymore what the world, what the country can do for us. It's really what can we do for ourselves now? Um, I, that's that's the uh, that should be our next push in this new in this new chapter going going into our roaring twenties. Um, what what can we do for ourselves? What as right. and that's making our own new our, our own news sources and not eating the fat and propaganda that's constantly being skewed to us every day on the twenty four hour news news circle. That, that I mean, you know, chicken boxes. <laughs> chicken boxes doesn't have fat on them, sir. So please, um, and and half and half is or organic. Thank you. It's iced tea and lemonade, and fry fried hard with with a dumbass, please. <laughs> but it's it's it. I mean, I think this conversation, and and I will, um, extend myself for any talkbacks or anything that you would like to do engagement wise with the community throughout this process, because I think it's, it's an important conversation to have right now. It's an important conversation to um, start. And I, I like the fact that you and Max are spearheading this project um, in terms of bringing this message forward. Um, I, I will definitely reach out to the, the playwright because I wanna get his take on uh, what this is because this was actually, if people don't realize, it was written a number of years ago. Yeah. Um, so this has been a problem that shows that this has been a problem. It just, it was chosen to be done because we're in the midst of a pandemic that makes perfectly sense, perfect sense to uh, bringing this message on. What do you want people to take away from this? Um. I, I want people to take away from it one uh, the power again that you have to look past propaganda to heal yourself mentally and physically is in yourself. It's within your community. It's not an external thing, something that you have to search or yearn for. Most of the questions and answers are within ourselves either that's a holistic or spiritual uh, approach and just taking our own take as black black and brown bodies taking our own pain and anguish seriously it's not something that we should 
suppressed and pushed down. It's something that should be brought to the forefront because I think, um, you know, just pressing that pain and anguish down and just work and just accepting it and moving in the rat race mm-hmm. is the reason why we are still so, I hate to say it, left behind compared to a lot of other minorities in this country. I think we we are still being the good slaves, the good boys, the good girls, keeping our head down, just staying with our staying within our own communities and is and this, you know, the keep keep keeping the horse blinders on. I think we really have to start taking ourselves as human beings seriously. Yeah, and and I get that has been the devastating part about well, what you're saying, the point of what you're saying is why for me as an artist, this moment has been both invigorating and and needed, but yet devastating because we haven't been able to figure out a way to get people's attention if it's not a versus battle or, you know, a love and hip hop something, you know, in terms of continually, continuously getting this message across of us being unified and us fighting for our self-respect in this in this community and our respect in general. Uh, and it's been both devastating and an excellent moment for excellence, but very devastating at the same time because we've all been trying to fine tune this technology in order to get across our messages so we still are staying safe and we're still protecting ourselves from getting sick or, you know, um, ultimately, you know, not when we're getting the virus. Uh, but I, I, you know, I really respect you all for doing this um, uh, because it's, you know, right now things are getting muted when we're speaking about certain things. You know, uh, on social media, you can't even really talk about the big, the big thing right now. You can't talk about it because they'll they'll shut down or cut off your live feed or. Whatever it, it is, it's crazy that we're at this space. It's crazy. People who have been saying it for years, they have been silenced or you don't know where they are anymore. You know, they've disappeared. But, you know, the fact that we are celebrating the 100th year of the massacre that was Black, the Black Wall Street is crazy to me. You know, yeah. it's crazy to me because we watch their movies out that kind of give a glimpse of what that was and what it looked like. But we have no idea what it would have become or what we would be had that been allowed to flourish versus. And I, and I see that now. I see how a lot of businesses are being, you know, squashed right now. Uh, but. It's going to take us taking ourselves seriously. And, and just to, uh, go ahead. And sorry to cut you off, but just to say, um, you know, historically, I, I, I'm a big fan of history. I'm a nerd for history. Historically, throughout our, um, you know, our, the last couple thousand years in our human history, government or just organizations or just authorities over um, peoples and society, they start to form and shape into um, a recurring style of government when they start heavy censorship 
and mm-hmm. isolation and all the things that happen in here. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't want you to get strike or, or stir the pot, but just know that governments or authority figures that begin to censorship or censor their um, uh, once once uh, who step who, whose foundation was free speech or just freedom, and then start to restrict it in certain ways and censor you and isolate you, mm-hmm. uh, turns into turns into a lot of things that America once upon a time fought against, but actually go to war to other countries. For other to, countries. To, yeah, so, you know. Because there are just, other countries right now who have been at this place, who are still at this place. And we, like you said, we've gone to war with many of those company, countries and for the citizens of those countries to reverse those things, only to have it being done here under the current. And now, you know, I just, I, I was watching a CNN a thing on CNN, and they were saying the reason that uh, the that kind of what did they call it? The one on um, in DC where they stormed the Capitol, the when, siege when they, of, the, of the Capitol. Right, they didn't shoot those people because they was in fear of a civil war. Hmm. So we, I, I, I was that was just a plain explanation of it. You know, but we are we're able to be shot down, stopped in our tracks every single time when we're trying to even fight for justice, let alone doing something illegal. And then we got to get to a space where we we are being treated fairly and we have to force them and we have to stop, you know, going back on. Well, nothing's going to change It's always going to be something against us. We got to stop believing that and forcing it to change. Well, we, that's. That is the perception of the government and the mainstream media when it comes to black people versus white people. So if it was black people storming the Capitol, they would easily shoot them down. And and, and, and I think these mentality comes from slavery. Like, oh my goodness. So when the rest of us sees that, mm-hmm. they, they think that we're so dis- disorganized and would eat the fat as we usually do, that they can spin it and, and, we, and we won't blow up or go beyond that. But right. when it's the white folks doing it, they know that they are the majority of the ones buying the ammunition and guns. It's the Minutemen out in Nevada deserts and stuff practicing for militias and things. So it's it's just the perception right. of what we didn't hear the term thug guns. or outlaw not one time, not one time. And and carrying this over and connecting it to the play in the medical field, you know, uh, without you know doing a spoiler alert, the the doctor in this is very in a, on a fence because she represents one community, but yet she's participating in the problematic behavior um, that's causing the devastation. Uh, and, and that's the part, I kind of got stuck on that reading it because it was, you know, and then to realize Ms. Lewis is playing that character is, is, is gonna be, oh, she gonna be good. But she is good. She, she is will good. be good. That's gonna be the part. That's gonna be the bad part of it as well. Because we have to realize, as doorkeepers, we have a big responsibility not to just let the doors open and let us flood in, but we have a responsibility in keeping us submissive and keeping us distant from success and from equality and diversity. It's I think this play needs to be watched by every artistic director, every CEO, every director of any nonprofit, any business that is in this city. It needs to be, I, I would say, 
it needs to be mandatory. Should I'll, I'll stir the pot even further. All the theater, all the theater companies spread around that. That's why I said all the art and all the, all, and all the black, uh, you know, all the rest of the black body that you reach out to for diversity and all that stuff. Watch the play. Figure out what you need to do for your next season while you're on on on, on hold and and moving forward. You know, this I know Max does a lot of the marketing, but I think he needs to reach out to those those HRs and make this a a, a necessity. Yeah. Even if it's just virtually, it needs to be a necessity because it 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 speaks to the, what the problem is and how we turn our eyes to the problem because of who's at the helm of it. Oh, that's a black person. So this it can't be bad because that black person wouldn't let this happen. But for the, the love of money, which we've seen throughout this pandemic, the love of money, the love of attention and spotlight will make you do things, self-inflicting things, that will cause everybody else harm. Just for the love of profit and and attention and likes and shares and position and resume building, it will cause you. And I'm not saying it's the thing's fault. It's your fault for choosing that. But we got to fix that because there's no, it, it feels like, you know, when we were younger, it just felt like time was just infinite in front of us. I don't feel that way. I mean, I am getting older, but I don't feel that way. For my nieces who are, one niece about to leave high school this year, you know, I, I don't, I feel horrible that this is the world that she is coming into. Because there's not that much different than the world I came into or her mother came into and finished in high school. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, weird. it's a, it's a, it's, it's hard. I, and I'm sure I, I'm, I'm not a parent, so I, I won't speak on it, but I, it mm-hmm. just being an older brother and, and an older, you know, and, and, and uncle and, and blah, 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 a godfather, it is hard to see such pure happiness in a young human and then understanding the world that eventually that they're going to have to, the weight of the world that they're going to have to carry. Um, mm-hmm. But I think all that we can do is, you know, just have that village men- mentality and prepare the preparation, not prepare to handle the sorrow, but prepare to flip the switch and to change the perspective uh, from sorrow to happiness and, mm. and what, and, and taking, taking on responsibility as a citizen of the world and, you know, and dealing with all, all the things. So, to you know, I challenge all my young folks, even when I was a teacher in Baltimore Public Schools, don't just be a citizen. Don't just go through the motions in the day to day. Change it. What can you do tomorrow, right now, to help change change the world? Even if it's as simple as not throwing your damn chicken bones in the street when you're finished with, you know, mm-hmm. or you know, it, it's it's the it's the little things that grow. So it's because not at like one a time we, we, were, we had that four block radius mentality where we took yeah. care of our hood. Then it went to our own homes. Then it was just the people in our homes. Now it's self. And yeah. that has to, we have to expand that and really figure out how to move past self. self. I think we've all been in a selfish phase for way too long. It's time to get out of it. And, you know, this pandemic and the pandemic that, that is spoken about in your group, that 
in your uh, play, I mean, uh, it shows how selfish we are, our actions and how we react reacted to this that we're physically in and what the confounds of your play, the reality of your play, how those characters reacted. It shows that we have to get out of this. We have, we have to get out of this because we are killing each other. We are surviving, but we're killing now our neighbor in the process, figuratively and literally, killing them and with no remorse. No, I had an argument with somebody yesterday, and I would say, well, there are reasons why certain people can't get this vaccine. Yeah. And, and all they can say is their problem. Is no, it's all about problems because you have to make sure you're safe. So that person who can't necessarily get this vaccine right now can maintain their safety. I, I remember when I was a kid, my grandmother would always, um, families that live on our block that she knew, not saying that they were poor, but that she knew that we had just a little bit more um, substances, mm -hmm. just more access to things than they did. She would always, when every time she made dinner, send send uh, uh, plate plates of food over there for the family. Anytime that we outgrew clothes, and she she knew they had younger kids, would always give it there. You know, we don't or or give give those hand me downs over. We don't see that any, anymore. It's all like we are such a throwaway culture. We're such mm -hmm. that we're so isolated. Um, and and I think that's why just dealing with the violence in Baltimore. Uh, just as far as to stop snitching and why it has grown mm. and perpetuated so long because we are isolated. They, We recognize that we are human and the people that we live with and see often are human, but the person across the street isn't as human as I am or, or as my mom is. So if something does happen to them or it, or if there is tragedy, if, there, if the house is burning down, you won't offer them to sit in your living room as a fireman put it out. We don't, we don't have that sense of humanity for one another anymore and we yeah. we become so desensitized to the murder and death that it it, it it's we're, almost we're like losing a, a that movie. sensitivity for our own family members so yeah. we can't possibly give it out to the community and definitely not to a stranger yeah. and, and it hurts it hurts because it is it's an argument that me and i was going to call her strawberry what is her name um killer gaskins we have this argument all the time because we're in two different generations where she remembers a, a Baltimore that had that, that had that, that, that type of sensibility that we were raised with from our grandparents or, or parents. She remembers where the community was like that. And I'm like, I, we have to be distant in age because I don't remember that at all. I remember people being like that, individuals. Right. But I don't remember the community reacting that way, unless you were connected to the hood. Like, you know, right now we see that. So if you connected to that culture of drugs and hip hop and not to connect them as one thing, but if you're connected to those things and you got a little bit of seniority in terms of light and success under your name, then you, you have that. But it is not across the board anymore. Now, I have to be an Nate, asset to you. Go ahead. Now, I, I, I hate to be that type of dude, but I do have to slide over to the theater because it is open at night tonight. I notice I got my collar and my, and my, and my big uh, clump uh, jacket on. <laughs> so, 
So tell people where they can get tickets and tell people where they can uh, watch this virtually or get tickets virtually or in person. Absolutely. So Rapid Lemon Productions, uh, executive producer Max Gardner uh, is putting on this amazing show. It's going to be at the Motorhouse Theater, 120 uh, West North Avenue. You can visit uh, rapidlemonproductions.com and follow the hyperlink to brown paper brown paper bag, brown paper tickets, whatever, to buy a mm-hmm. ticket for the online stream or in person. Or mm-hmm. if you're on Facebook, follow, uh, find Rapid Lemon Productions on Facebook, and you can go on their event column to Serious Adverse Effects and buy a ticket there or, a, or buy the streaming link there. It's uh, opening night is tonight. It's running for three weekends. So Friday, Saturday, shows at 8 p.m., doors open at 7.30, Sunday matinees at 5.00. And for uh, my broke and up and coming struggling artists, we have an industry night next week. Don't let them fool you. You see <laughs> we, that suit we, jacket? We have an industry night uh, show next Wednesday, May May twelfth, uh, which is going to be eight p.m. show, seven thirty. Um, seven thirty doors open, and that is only fifteen dollars. Only fifteen dollars. Only fifteen dollars. So come through. Well, thank you, sir. We're going thank to definitely you. support. And uh, I'm going to get my ticket tonight. Uh, sure. And I'm going to be there. Uh, and I'm going to hoot and holler. This And this is my first play that I'm going to come to. Wow. So I get the Rona, I'm you will not get, get the Rona because we followed all the safety guidelines to the T. There we go. So this has been uh, well, our interview with, with Mr. Noah Salas. We're going to continue on our conversation and our rants. But uh, have a great opening night. Break a leg. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And oh, oh, oh and actually, but, but before I go, because we did give praise to Valerie Lewis, but I also want to give praise to the other uh, yeah, amazing I'm actors. Sorry, sorry guys. Uh, we have uh, Kyla Kyla Hammond, who is playing Paula. We have Maria Marsalis, who is playing Nia. And we have mm. a young gentleman from D.C., Max Johnson, who's playing Brandon. And, of course, as we aforementioned, Valerie Lewis, our amazing uh, native, who is playing Dr. Vi. So please mm-hmm. come out and support these amazing humans. Come out there and support it. We'll be sharing it on our social media for the next three weeks. So definitely come on out, share, like. Watch from home, kick your feet up, get drunk, only if it's virtual or after you leave the, the in-person. Right, bye, 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 Noah. Bye. <laughs> bye. Get off my screen, Noah. Get off my screen. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Mr. Noah Salas. He is doing an awesome play, and um, I can't wait to see it. I got to uh, butt in there a rehearsal and do an interview with the cast. Uh, and it was a phenomenal experience just talking to them. Um, and I'm excited for uh, all things, you know, art-wise, business-wise, to jump off. Um, it's just we're in a space right now where people obviously don't care about each other. And that just that makes me feel some kind of way. Um, it definitely makes me feel some kind of way. And I just don't know how to express that in this space without being angry. Um, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about the wonderful things that I'm doing. So starting last week, I'm venturing out. A couple of things are changing. I am doing a uh, 
of small, 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 small in-person class over at Hamilton Recreation Center, all the way over East Baltimore. Uh, and it's very rewarding. I miss having students. I have some wonderful young people, uh, a few. It's not a whole class. It's not a whole bunch of students, less than five, actually. Uh, that's about five uh, that are with us. And I love watching young people who want to learn, who love the arts, who are so curious and so energized for the arts. And I'm really excited on, you know, just taking the first step. So that's just my first step in doing it. I've been doing everything virtually right now. And I just, I wanted to try something and just see where my temperament was was in the middle of this pandemic. So that's happening. Um, uh, we, we have plenty uh, of artists right now who are uh, coming on to the show last, was it last week or week before last? We had Mr. D.B. Marshall come through two weeks ago. We had D.B. Marshall come through, and this is book. I've been reading it. It's a great read, and it's, it has chapters where it's a workbook. So I'm actually in the reading phase of it right now and just uh, reading the book. Um, so I haven't participated in the exercises yet because I just wanted to read the book. So I've been reading this book. It's another book that I've been reading also, but I don't have that um, with me uh, right now. Um, as I said, the jewelry company, uh, and, and it really fuels everything for the artist exchange. Um, all the proceeds go back into, you know, all of the equipment and all of the activities that we'll be doing and we have been doing. Um, and we'll be moving into our own, well, the artist exchange and Vashta Blue Jewelry and all of the other stuff that I do, we'll be moving into our own space very soon. Um, and it'll be a limited engagement space for right now as we kind of still muscle through and push through this pandemic. I'm not trying to jump fast forward, but I just want to do more. Um, and as many of you know, being in your home can be great. And it's been awesome to, you know, not have to rush to the studio or the station and you know, go from this event, from teaching to rehearsals and zigzagging across the city um, to just doing most things from home. And I'm, I think I'm ready to do things differently. And just, uh, you know, it can be overwhelming having everything in your home. Um, and I really have had to work on making my home a home, but I had to make it work <laughs> before I made it home. I told people in the beginning of this pandemic, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't ever home. I only came home late at night after a long day, um, normally after being at the station. Um, and I would go to sleep. I may eat, I may go to sleep. And then I was always gone seven days a week, but whether it was rehearsals or classes or teaching or um, events, um, just doing everything that I knew how to do to, you know, be this artist entrepreneur. But um, that's coming soon. So more information on that is coming soon. Um, we're doing some workshops uh, with uh, young people. And I had experience, and I'm going to talk briefly about this. And I don't know how much of it I should talk about, 
but I'm definitely going to talk about, <laughs> about it. I had experience with a teacher, not, not a teacher, a parent, um, a couple days ago. And it was very unfortunate that um, it was very unfortunate that it happened that way. Uh, and a parent was really going through Sorry, I can't do two things at once. Um, the parents were really going, the, the mother was really going through some things. And I, I told her that I would not get on my platform and talk about her, but more just so, more so just the situation. And we have a lot of really good students, really good children out here in the world that are suffering from trauma and triggers and emotional setbacks and um, not so good home lives. And that's carrying over to school, it's carrying over to their lives, and it's forcing them to be less than what they are capable of being. And for me, that's not, um, it's not good. Uh, look out for one another. We do one part in the community. We take care. And I agree with you, Sequoia. And I've seen Sequoia and her family come out to events and support and just help wherever they can. And I think that's what we should do all, all together. But more specifically to these children right now, we have a lot of parents who are stuck in the trauma that they had as children. And it's stifling their parenting and their children simultaneously because they are in in essence they begin to compete with their children because things in their life didn't equal out to the space that their child may be in right now so it becomes a competition amongst parent and child and i had this conversation with with a parent and a child actually they were together and i was devastated at how the parent was handling it. And if she watches this, I'm not um, uh, I'm not um, I'm not bad-mouthing her. It just it made me think of uh, my family and the people I knew and how trauma can keep you back. It can really hold you back. It can really keep you from moving forward. And it was really devastating to see how this parent was handling a specific situation. And I say the competition because that's what I saw in this experience with this family. And I, I want parents to one, not even parents, but I want people in general, get the help you need. Because as long as you, we have normalized saying something's wrong that we got through that. We then transitioned to normalizing setting boundaries. So we're, we're in that space. We normalize going to therapy. So we have a lot more people in therapy. But what hasn't happened is we are now stuck in therapy. Still getting, as Yana Van Zepp would say, getting high off of the trauma, off the story. So beyond getting you to therapy. We got to get you proactive in your healing, in our healing, because we all are going through things in life. 
based on experiences, no matter how you were raised, no matter how much money you had or didn't have, but going through things. And we have to we have to normalize healing. There's a lot of people speaking about healing, but it's more so going to therapy, encouraging people to go get the help. But now that we have access to therapy and mental health organizations, we now have to normalize the healing process. Because especially when you become a parent, and I'm not a parent, but I've been party to a lot of uh, children, a lot of parental experiences. Uh, So I know firsthand what I'm seeing and is devastating your children who then grow up to be out of control or totally misguided adults. And I speak on this a lot and I say a lot. We're the only culture that I've seen that get mad at people for having mental breakdowns. I've, it, it's devastating to me to see how many people who hate Kanye because something's wrong with him. And he's doing what he knows to do to get through it. And it's distracts himself. You know, we treat people with mental disorder as if they are a plague and like they have not gone through things. You know, I I want us to begin to treat people how we want to be treated for our own mental breakthroughs and breakdowns and mental disorders and, you know, trauma and catastrophes that have happened to us in life. I don't want to see another incident like I saw the other day. I don't, because it took everything in me not to resort to the typical person and just go off on the parent. It took everything in me because I had to understand that she has some issues and she can only give what she's been given. And it's 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 been devastating to me and it's really has helped me. So I'll I'll get on the fact that I'm still in the process of writing the books thanks to my writing coach and um, my story, what can I call him? Um, my story coach, <laughs> my storytelling coach. So he's helping me with the process. Uh, this book will read as if it's a therapy session um, because I wanted to normalize for myself therapy and the importance of it, but how we handle therapy. Because often we fight through the process of therapy. We fight to even get to the therapy. But once we get there, we fight the process because who we want to be isn't what we've been, what we're being shown. It's normally who we were or who we currently are. And that's a problem for people. People don't want to admit that. People don't want to, um, people don't want to do the work. We don't want to do the work that it takes to get over that hill and out of that valley space, that dark space. Um, so writing this book has been a journey. Um, I, I definitely, I shouted out my aunt today on my birthday and I'm, I'm gonna do so on Mother's Day to my mom and all the mothers uh, that have been supportive to me because it's, this has been a journey and it's hurt a lot. And I can tell the hurt is still yet to come because there are things that I've never unpacked. There are things that I've never addressed. There are things that I've lived through, denied, and just swept under the rug that is beginning to come to surface, and it's hard. Um, And 
I am trying my best to um, just make it through, make it through and understand where I'm at and uh, really strengthening not only my health, but my faith, um, my boundaries, um, my relationships. Um, in my pursuit to wholeness and happiness, I've definitely come to a space where I want to be not only happy, but I want to be whole. I want to be healthy. I want to be mentally strong as well as physically strong. Um, and perfection is not something that I'm seeking anymore. It's more so balance. I want balance. And normally those two are similar, but I want more balance than I want perfection. You know, um, I want, I want my, my life to be an example of how we can be, you know, all that we can be, you know, and I've been an example of how you, you fight for your dreams and you continue on with your dreams. Uh, I've been to that space. That's who Nate has been. Um, but now I want to thrive. And part of thriving is you have to lighten the load. You have to lighten your load so you can go further, faster. Um, and I've been lighting that load a lot and letting go of things that I've held on to that I didn't even realize I was holding on to and, and really making a space for myself to be happy. You know, um, and I'm not a depressed person. I'm not not confident, but happiness was something that I forced myself to be uh, despite the things going on around me. And I'm slowly reintroducing myself to relationships and things in my life in a way where I think I am ready to be connected again. This year has been death. I hope we've all done this, but I hope we've all taken time throughout this last year to really reconnect with ourselves um, not just with other people, but with ourselves and figure out the things in life that we wanted, the things in life that we we needed. Um, and really, really put to rest a lot of things that have not been the most positive in our life. So with that being said, I'm really um, at a space where um, I'm just ready to succeed. I'm ready to succeed in all that I'm doing. I'm ready to succeed in um, business and life and relationship and love and, you know, experiences. You know, I've planned a lot of stuff. I've ignited a lot of things. I've started a lot of things. Um, and that's just been me. I like to juggle. I like to do a little bit of this, a lot of that, a, a smidgen. Of, I love that. That's that's what carries me. Um, but of course, I'm pacing myself because as you get older, um, <laughs> you definitely are <clears throat> uh, having to really itemize the time a little bit better. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm living in truth in my life. Um, I'm trying my best to live in it. A complete truth, but nobody's perfect. And I'm not saying that as a cliche, but uh, things are habits and you have to break some of those habits. So I'm learning to live in that truth and uh, experiencing that over last weekend, it just showed me 
Um, I don't want to necessarily leave children, but I do, I, the way I've been doing it as a teaching artist, I don't think that that is how um, I have to continue going or even how I should be doing. So we have some programming coming up and I'll discuss who we are as we get closer. So some of the stuff that you've seen me do, some of the other podcasts, I'm still on We Are You Morning Crew on WeAreYouRadio.com. So you can definitely check us out every Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Jeez, early. Uh, uh, just, we just finished the second season of the Binge Worthy podcast that will be coming back, uh, in August, um, the end of the summer in August, um, two great seasons so far. You can go to our YouTube channel at, uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash, uh, the artist exchange and check out all of our, um, shows that we've had on there we've had two full seasons um the second season a little bit longer than the first season but we've had some great guests on the second season we have mostly guests which i love and we're gonna definitely definitely going to continue that in the third season so you know if you are looking for interviews if you're looking for a space in order to you know, tell your story, speak your truth. Uh, Be Exposed Radio is definitely a space for you. So you can come on and get your show and uh, talk about the things that you need to talk about. Um, And if you are, you know, if you are looking for some programming for your child over the summer, uh, hit the Artist Exchange Radio Show page up. You hit us up on Facebook or on Instagram, or you can email us at the Artist Exchange Radio Show at gmail.com. We have some, I'm not doing a camp. This isn't a camp. Uh, it's a work experience um, and is definitely a space for young people who not only want to be entrepreneurs, but want to be an artist. And they're going to have to take classes that they may not necessarily be interested in that will teach them the skill sets that they need to do their businesses with. So no matter what your child wants to be, an artist, an entrepreneur, anything in between, this program is going to be for them. And we're going to be holding that um, over the summer for small groups. So it's going to be small sessions throughout the summer. Um, and then we'll do an extended uh, one-on-ones with the students as they matriculate out of the, the program. Um, so look forward for that. Um, that'll be coming in uh, the beginning of June. Uh, well, yeah, June, as they, depending on if they, how they extend the virtual school. Um, so we're going to work on the school schedule. Uh, so look out for that uh, in May, in the next couple of weeks or the next week or so, uh, the information will be coming out for that. Um, as well as the Artist Exchange is still every Friday. We have not yet added our Mondays, but we're going to stick to this Fridays, 5 to 6.30. We'll finagle that a little bit longer. Uh, It's been comfortable, um, and we're still able to talk to our guests the same. So if you want to be added to any shows, we are somewhat booked for May, and we have some slots open for May, but we're definitely booking for June now. Um, We'll be taking a break soon because somebody is turning 38. I don't know who that is, but somebody is turning 38. So we'll be doing that. what else is, what else, what else, what else? We have a couple partnerships that we'll be doing that will, once 
they begin to roll out their marketing and we'll be sharing it out as well. Um, I'm working with a number of other organizations to kind of bring some of the programming that we'll be doing. Um, we actually have a, for our virtual readers theater, theater, that'll be starting up in June also. So once one thing is stopping virtually, the next thing will be starting and we're just gonna create a whole year of programming and content. So the, for the first uh, exercise, for the first virtual uh, series for our theater, virtual theater, uh, we'll be doing a monologue competition um, and it's a versus battle. And I can give it out right now. I haven't um, rolled out the marketing yet, but we'll be putting that out soon. Uh, actually this weekend, it'll be out. Um, we're doing a versus battle, August Wilson versus Shakespeare. So you have to prepare both a Shakespeare monologue and a August Wilson monologue, and there will be a cash prize, as well as some other goodies for our uh, winners, uh, like a uh, photo shoot and such. Are we still on? Or we just, oh, so we still live, okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll be doing a monologue uh, competition, a versus battle with August Wilson and Shakespeare. And you have to do, like I said, you have to remember a monologue from each one of them and it'll be live. We'll live stream it. So and you the, just sort of walked away and just left you just talking. I would have just walked away and not told you that we were not on no more. That, is that yeah, no, no. I, I had pushed the button on my phone. So I took it off live. I was uh, watching it on my phone too. And I was like, is he still, why is he still on the screen? <laughs> uh, so it, it took the live portion off. So I'm just watching it from the beginning again. Oh. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, so that competition is coming up in June. We're going to do that the, the first week of June. So we want people to get ready, get ready, get ready. Well, actually, no, it's not going to be, it's going to be at the end of June. But we're going to start marketing it at the end of May and the beginning of June. So we're going to start taking in submissions in the beginning of the June. I said that wrong. So again, that's a cash prize. So if you want to sponsor that event, we did very well last year uh, as beginning of the pandemic with our virtual series. We did five shows, um, all virtual. And we actually did a, 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 a competition, but not a competition, but it was just a tribute to August Wilson. But I thought we should start off with a August Wilson competition. Um, and we're going to actually going to be a versus battle again, uh, Shakespeare versus August Wilson. Um, this to promote, just to get us out there. I want to give some cash prizes to um, some deserving actors out in the community. Um, a number of people have been asking us when it's coming back. Um, people are still watching it. So you can go watch it on our YouTube page for the Artist Exchange as well. So just look up the Artist Exchange and you'll see all of those uh, past uh, streams up. Uh, Blueprints, uh, the August Wilson com um, competition. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Blueprints, August Wilson competition, the Big Girl Chronicles. Um, and we did... Uh, we did a reunion with the Real Nigga show. So it it really came and I've been learning these systems and such. Um, and we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. So look out for all the things that we'll be doing. We're going to end a couple minutes early because I have a, a socially distanced um, thing to go to with my cousins and my aunt for our birthday. Um, and they better be socially distanced. I better not see no Negroes that ain't Cowsers at this event.
I'm going home. <laughs> but um, yeah, so peace out, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in every I was going to say Monday. Every Friday at 5 p.m. only here. Don't forget. Also, I'm on Real View Radio's Morning Crew um, every Monday through Friday from 6 to 10. Um, and as I said, the Ben Drilly Podcast Series will pick back up in August. We'll start in our Virtual Readers Theater in June uh, with our, our summer workshop series for young up-and-coming artists and entrepreneurs that will be coming up. Um, and always go to www.bestupjewelry.com and, and buy it. Buy it. And more stuff is to come in. Coming up, if you did not see it, I didn't bring up. I have a new line of uh, fascinators. Uh, that's the little miniature hats uh, coming out. So look forward to that. I have a whole gang of them about to drop on our website. And we'll, we may be having a pop-up shop tomorrow. So look out for that. Peace out, everybody. Thank you.